Dan, welcome. How's it going? Hello. Do you want to give us a quick introduction, what you've been up to on Twitch? Yeah, yeah. So, hello. Uh, I'm Dan, but on Twitch I go by Rocks and most of the internet now, which is as weird as it sounds. But these days I pretty much work on my startup live on Twitch every day. Uh, there's kind of a live coding section on Twitch, which is where I go for this. It's science and technology, but I've done everything from coming up with new ideas to marketing to crying to regular coding. Uh, pretty much all live for absurd amounts of hours. And right now I'm building Twitch to TikTok, which is a tool to automatically publish Twitch clips to TikTok without anyone having to do anything because there's a big problem on Twitch with discoverability, but TikTok's really good for discoverability. So that's pretty much my whole story right now. I abandoned my entire life like two months ago to just move to Thailand and do exactly this. And, uh, here I am in fancy schmancy Thailand apartment that costs $400 a month. And we're just living it up. I think that's going to be my first question. How do you get people, how do you get discovered on Twitch? How do you get anybody to watch? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And it's honestly, there's not an easy answer. Uh, well, okay, there's the same answer everybody gives, uh, which is not on Twitch. Uh, and the general sentiment is you actually, particularly for Twitch, have to grow an audience elsewhere. So for a lot of people, like they grow an audience on Twitter and then they'll start streaming on Twitch, works great. Uh, growing an audience on YouTube, much more retention, works great. Now, in particular, on Twitch, this discoverability problem doesn't actually exist so much uh, for the live coding. Uh, a lot more discoverability exists within that segment. So for us being the indie hacker startup people, nerds, whatever the hell you want to call us, uh, we won't have that struggle as much so a little bit of just A, existing on the platform and streaming consistently, and B, networking. Only within our community does this apply. If you're going and playing Apex Legends every day, I don't know if any of what I'm saying will help you because uh, it's a whole different ballgame. But within the science and technology category, pretty much just network and then show up, stream with a face cam, be coding, be happy, and people what, will show what's up. What's the difference and, there? How... How is it different for us than for other streaming categories? Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the discoverability problem on Twitch largely exists because of A, you know, it's Twitch is very, and content in general is very top heavy, right? The largest streamers, the largest content creators will take up 90% of the total audience. Um, so when you're very small, you can't really break into that 90%, so you have to play in the other 10%. Um, within our category, it's a lot more continuous. There's people mm -hmm. with 10 consistent viewers, 20, 30, 70, 100, 500. Uh, and so you're able to network and make friends more because it's a much smaller, tight-knit community. Everybody is at least moderately aware of each other. And if not, then you can introduce yourself. You know, Even if you have two viewers, you raid somebody uh, and you say hi. And I can explain raiding if that's a thing. It's pretty important to how Twitch yes. grows. Uh, how, what is raiding? Yeah, so, so rating on Twitch is when you finish your stream, you can send all your viewers to another stream, uh, which is by far the greatest thing that anyone ever came up with because it results in the only sort of solution to the discoverability problem. So when I end my stream and I've got 30 people hanging out, I'm going to say, okay, cool. Everybody go say hi to Chris. Chris is great. Chris does this stuff. And whether or not they want to, they're all now in Chris's stream. Uh, and they can leave 
right after if they like to, but half will stay, a third will stay, even 10%. And that gives kind of the opportunity for new introductions to new people. Mm -hmm. So it's very traditional to always end your stream on a raid. And every so often you will end raiding somebody you've never even met before. Uh, just because you're like, all right, you know, we got a good number of people. Let's do a zero viewer raid and raid somebody who's got no viewers at all and make their day. And, you know, they get to grow a little bit. They slowly start to have a community and momentum's a really big thing. Once you have a few people coming in, those viewers will go to other streams, tell them to raid you, and then people will show up. And, you know, at this point, I've probably been raided by a freaking 100 different streamers over the course of the past year. Uh, and literally my start was getting raided by some guy who decided to do a zero viewer raid. His name's the Primogen. And he dropped a hundred people on me on like my third day of streaming. And I didn't know what to do. So I just cried. Uh, and that was apparently very entertaining. Uh, and so they stayed and they showed up the next day when I was writing JavaScript without tears, uh, which is much more effective. But yeah, so that whole community, that whole being able to raid and everything, it's much more feasible when there's a smaller tight-knit community and unfortunately and and as well when you have a more distinct content right which is very very difficult when you're just playing the same game as a bunch of other people we in startups are all doing something kind of interesting even within programming you know you get you sort by language you sort by technology and next thing you know you've gone from 50 streamers to four right and so suddenly if somebody's looking for a javascript stream there's actually not that many options so you're able to Go network with the other JavaScript guys. They'll raid you because they want to give their viewers similar but not the same content because they're logging off. But within Apex, you know, it's just it's just all Apex. And you can try and make Apex interesting, and some people definitely do, but it's a way, way, way harder problem to solve. So that's kind of why we on the startup coding side have it a lot easier, I think, than the gamers. So if it's not distribution and discoverability, what is the motivation for streaming on Twitch? I found that working on startups can be really, really, really demoralizing a lot of the time. People come into my stream a lot and they ask me for advice. And one of the more common questions I get is, how do you stay motivated through all the like garbage tasks you don't want to do? Because you know, 90% of people just want to write code. And then they're like, okay, how do I stay motivated when I'm like sending cold emails or whatever? Uh, and I found my personal solution to that was I live stream it. Uh, so I can actually talk to people the entire time and suddenly now I'm actually entertaining a bit and people are interested and I can make jokes about these emails and I can be like, all right, let's send the 17th same email. Uh, but this time let's intentionally spell their name wrong. So they know that it was handwritten and, you know, just little things like that. And so it kind of makes even the boring parts interesting and fun, at least to some extent. And it keeps me motivated and keeps me productive because when people are staring at your screen, you're not, you know, you can't just go on TikTok for three hours uh, until you have a lot of viewers. You know, you uh, you kind of have to do stuff. So it keeps me doing stuff, keeps me building stuff, uh, and keeps me true. People also will crap on my startup every day, uh, which is super helpful because the more I defend it, the more right mm -hmm. I become, or the more I get it torn down, the more I can fix it. Yeah. So people will come in and complain. People will come in and be like, this is stupid. And here's why I hate this startup. And here's why I hate you. And I'll be like, that's fair. Thank you for the feedback. And then I'll go change my landing page a bit. And then a bunch of nerds are happy. And eventually everything gets a bit better. So a, a bit of a long-winded answer, but the motivation is in and of itself trying to motivate myself to get work done. It helps with productivity. It makes it a bit more fun. And I think overall it improves whatever I'm building. So which came first, the startup idea or the 
uh, Twitch stream. So this startup idea came about 10 months into my stream, maybe nine months into my stream, um, when I was struggling with discoverability and I was like trying to come up with a new idea and sort of found this, I have this problem, I should build something that solves a problem for me that other people would use. And the moment I even brought it up, a lot of people were really interested. Uh, but I've been doing startups live on Twitch for about a year. So I was doing startup work. I, I technically I've been doing startups for like three years. I haven't done anything successful, so I don't think that time frame really, you know, matters all that much. Uh, but yeah, so I was working on my last startup on Twitch as well, which is why I really got started for the whole productivity and motivation. And they helped me out with that last thing. But then when I left that company, I still kept the Twitch stream and I just changed the project. And so now it's much more on my shoulders. But yeah, I guess I was in startups for a while. Then the Twitch stream came. Then I moved out of my last company into this one and came up with this idea. What were you working on before? Okay, so first it was a mobile payment app for restaurants so you could pay for a check without leaving the table. Then mm. that didn't work. So then we became restaurant rewards, but it was like one rewards app for all the restaurants, but then COVID hit. So we became a delivery and pickup rewards platform right. because those are the only two things. And then that didn't work because not enough people did just delivery and pickup. So then we became e-commerce referrals uh, by product. So we would sell to e-commerce businesses and that about three, four months into that, I just got super depressed and I realized that having co-founders was actually really bad for me. And so I decided I had to leave and then I moved to Thailand and then I was like, all right, new idea day one. Here are my ideas. And everyone was like, Ooh, Twitch to TikTok. That one sounds cool. You should do that. And I said, all right. And now it's now. So that's my, that, that was three years at about 11 seconds, but. <laughs> nice. I like how you've replaced uh, like a single co-founder with just like a hive mind of people. Yeah, man. It's totally a thing. People are like, how do you stay focused programming on like in front of a billion people? And I was like, imagine pair programming, but there's just like 20 people in the room. They'll notice every error before you do. I can't misspell a variable name in code ever again. It's impossible. Mm. Anytime it happens, it gets about 15 seconds past and somebody comments, that's not how you spell, you know, uh, renderer. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And they're like, line 32. And I'm like, there's no way you remember the line number. And then I go back and I'm like, oh, I wrote renderer. Damn it. And it gets fixed. So it's actually- Do they, really do they help fast. you figure out how to code stuff as you go? Or do, like, do you need totally. docs anymore? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I still need docs, but yeah, no, a lot of the time people will come in and I'm like, oh crap, I need to make this a desktop app. How do I do that? Someone's like, have you heard of Electron? I'm like, no. And they're like, use Electron. I go, okay. And I Google Electron. I'm like, all right, this is Electron. And I'm like, all right, but how the hell do I upload to TikTok? There's no API. And somebody's like, you can just use Puppeteer. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of effort, isn't it? And they're like, no, it's actually really easy. And I go, all right, we're using Puppeteer. And then I go Google how to Puppeteer. And when I don't know how to do something, generally the person that suggested it knows. So it's really like, it's almost like a mini stack overflow where I can just be like, how do I do this? And a bunch of smart people will tell me, or they'll get mad at me for not knowing and yell at That's me. That's even Google, better. Which is even better. Just do it. Just do things wrong. So you get the corrections. Yes. Yes. The laws of the internet. Have you seen that like GitHub thing now where you can like pre, you can like, um, it'll like use AI to tell you what code to write. Oh yeah. I got invited to that. I, oh, I have cool. a friend at GitHub and I literally texted her. And I was like, I 
need this for content what button can you press to give me access? <laughs> and she said, I can't, but there's a form I can fill out. Please send me all this information. So I, so I did. Uh, and she said, okay, I submitted. I don't know what'll happen. And then like two weeks ago, I got a message saying I was invited and you just made me remember I didn't accept the invite. <laughs> I probably should do that. I hope it didn't expire. I would be so sad if it expired. Uh, but yeah, no, I have seen that. It's a, what's it called? Autopilot or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. It's like you've got your own Copilot. version of, auto, of GitHub Autopilot built in yeah, already to you. As long as you're streaming, you have this little AI hive mind telling yeah, you what yeah, to write. It's, it's really a thing, yeah. And the more people you get in that are like knowledgeable about the technology and the more interesting you can make it and staying active, like if you keep it entertaining, more and more people will show up and try to help, which is just great. So maybe explain what um, Twitch to TikTok is. How does it how does it work? Sure. Uh, so Twitch to TikTok is exactly what the name suggests. It is a bridge between Twitch and TikTok. So Twitch has a native functionality to take a clip, which is a five to sixty second segment of a stream that just becomes its own little video that you can watch on Twitch. And so if any moment happens, anybody can make a clip. Viewer can make a clip. Streamer can make a clip. Everybody can make a clip. Uh, and once that exists, people will just watch it, be like, oh, that's really funny, and then kind of move on. TikTok is a platform that exists. It takes any video from three seconds to 60 seconds. If you have a really good account, you can get up to three minutes. So it just so happens that it is roughly the exact length of a Twitch clip. Now, because these Twitch clips are generated by your audience a lot of the time and a lot of streamers don't really have the time to go on tiktok and there's no discoverability on twitch the question is how do you find how do people discover you on twitch and since the answer is often not on twitch how do you make it really really easy mm -hmm. to just stream and have that content become what brings people in right most people will make youtube videos go through editing do all this it's, it's a lot of time, and a lot of people will grind so hard at Twitch. They'll stream 6, 10, 12 hours a day just raw gaming and, you know, do it to one viewer. And it's kind of heartbreaking, you know? And so the premise was, how do I make it so you literally don't have to do anything for this to work? And so it, it's a desktop app. It runs on startup. It's always in the background, and it's just always checking. And if you've got a new clip, just uploads it to your TikTok account. You don't do anything. People will just randomly show up. And you just generate a crap ton of views. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty much the whole thing. There's a lot of features I eventually want to build for like automatic clipping or like voice detection, so you can just say clip that to like help smaller streamers without viewers kind of generate those clips. But mm -hmm. for now, the the solve is for kind of like those mid size, small to mid size streamers who either have no idea what the hell TikTok is but want views or struggle with discoverability in general. So just as you're you're already recording and then you make your clips and you put them in your you put them into this program and then it automatically sends them over to TikTok. Yeah, so it's like you're streaming and something funny happens. Someone in your stream clicks a button on Twitch and the last 30 seconds gets put into a separate video file magically on Twitch. Ooh. Then my software automatically detects that somebody did that, automatically uploads it to TikTok. So you literally just stream and that's it. And then stuff right. shows up on TikTok. So your users are the ones who can click to 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 add it to TikTok. 
my users are the streamer the streamer okay so the streamer streamer is trying to build up their tiktok following uh but anyone can click the button on twitch because that's native twitch functionality twitch clips is a thing that already exists yeah so that's kind of the power like one of my friends prime he has you know in a stream his viewers will make like 30 clips and so he was like yeah i don't even like if i just upload every single clip i'll overflow tiktok and get banned so i can only upload clips that get a few views so it's kind of like a mini YouTube of 30 to 60 seconds hidden within Twitch, but completely created by viewers. So it's really, really powerful, but not a lot of people actually watch them. So mm-hmm. it takes a benefit out of something that's kind of just unused right now, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting that Twitch hasn't done more to try to like capitalize on the recorded video that they already have. a lot of streamers will will hear that and agree loudly that they are (laughs) upset like literally every single person that watches a video titled how to grow on twitch they say twitch does nothing for you go somewhere else there is an asterisk for the science and tech community where it's a little bit easier for us but still twitch ain't gonna do it for you gotta go somewhere else what are the logistics of getting a, a twitch stream set up assume i know nothing so you download OBS, which is open broadcaster software, or if you want it easy mode, you download Streamlabs OBS, uh, which is like, uh, OBS is JavaScript, Streamlabs is React, I guess. So it kind of holds your hand a good bit, right? Uh, makes things a bit easier and it's very quick to get set up. And you basically, you know, if you have a laptop, you're good. You've got a microphone, you've got a camera, you add your camera into the scene, you add a desktop screen capture into the scene. You log into Twitch on OBS. It pre-fills your thing, and you hit start streaming. And there you go. People can see you now. Pick a category. Kind of important. Uh, you should definitely definitely look at where you're going to go. It's going to affect things like generally it's just your game. But again, if you're doing startup stuff, would recommend science and technology. But that's really all you need to get up and running. Uh, and then you just exist live on Twitch. The first day I streamed, what I described was exactly what I did. You don't need this fancy microphone or this magical, you know, camera that has all this light on it or two monitors or, I don't know, LED keyboard or Razer gamer mouse, uh, literally with just a laptop. LED keyboard. Uh, That's that's true. That's true. All right. The LED keyboard might be mandatory, but beyond the LEDs for gamer crud, you can literally do it with almost nothing. My buddy Pete uh, has a really, really, really big following on twitter and he doesn't know he i think he actually does now have a complicated camera but i'm pretty sure when he started streaming he was just going with what was on his laptop and he just kind of existed and that was enough you know and for a lot of people it is i would recommend you get some quality like you can use an old phone for a camera that's a classic recommendation and i picked this up on sale for 25 bucks uh and the arm was 10 but normally it's like a 50 60 buck mic but really if you want to get like an average pretty studio quality setup you could probably do it for like 100 bucks uh but you don't need that whatsoever and i know many 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 people who stream without that my biggest buy is this i don't stream but i do these kind of videos it's this logitech 1080p camera because the macbook one is so bad (laughs) yeah yeah i got a freaking alienware and the camera and mic are still bad i was like man i really you think you spend this much on a on a computer it would be better but nope, but I already have the fancy schmancy garbage, so here we are. Your phone can be like almost 4K now. Why not the camera and the laptop, which has much more room? 
Yeah, dude, that's why everybody, like, the default start for the phone is that you get, like, something like one of those little holsters, like a phone arm that, like, influencers mm. use to record themselves, I don't know, putting on makeup or whatever. Uh, but you just use it for a camera because it's an amazing camera. And a $100 camera is not going to be as good or even better than your phone. And so yeah. just use your old phone if you still have it. And if you don't, go pick up an iPhone 6 and <laughs> just go for it. Who would do you recommend following on Twitch, like specifically within your niche? Who are, who are you watching? Within my niche, do you mean startups or do you mean like programming in general? Um, let's do startups. Okay. There isn't a ton of presence for startups. The biggest name in startups is Jamie Pine, uh, spelled how you would think, J-A-M-I-E-P-I-N-E. Uh, he's been working on notify.me for a long time, like three years on Twitch. Got a very good following. He's probably the most well-known. Beyond him, most other people are just working on projects that they aren't necessarily trying to sell. Uh, but some of my closer streamer friends who are working on projects that they are eventually planning to monetize, uh, the Alt F4 stream is amazing. They also make streamer tools. They've been working on a streamer tool for like two years. It's freaking magic. It lets people change the colors of lights in my room from chat uh, all the way to building groups from uh, for for gaming and stuff. It's it's really amazing what they've pulled off. Um, who else? CM Griffin makes really, really fun projects, and he eventually plans to sell most of them. Uh, hasn't gotten so far with that yet, but he is constantly working on like new tools and i think he's getting closer and closer to monetizing so he's one to watch he's like he's a staple in the community he streams like the most he's the xqc of our community xqc being the guy who streams 12 to 16 hours every day at the top of the twitch leaderboard um gosh who else for startup stuff hmm. yeah i think those are the those are the big names that come to mind i have a couple other friends who are working on small stuff some of them just starting to stream, but I think if you're expecting that content, it's going to be probably one of those two streams or me right now. And if you're looking for content that isn't me, but is similar, stop by my stream sometime and ask me for what you're looking for in particular, and I will redirect you. Uh, there's a really good website uh, that I'll call out. It's streamers.dev, which is made by actually uh, a, a friend of mine, Jay, and it's got basically an assortment of every single programming streamer and you can sort through all of their streams by different categories and stuff. It's much better than Twitch's actual search. So I would definitely recommend if you're looking for something super in particular, that you look into that. I don't think you can actually sort by uh, literally the word startups, but you can probably figure out whatever you need from there. It'll have the large majority of people. Yeah. Um, Sebastian in the chat asks specifically about your product validation page. So the fake form asking for credit card information. Did you get any negative feedback because of the, the fake form? Okay, so I did, but one of my friends got canceled on Reddit for doing that. Like literally like 20,000 upvote post saying that he was scamming people. And it was crazy. He told me like he was freaking out that night, you know, falling apart. Uh, responding to like every comment, like, hello, I am a real person. I swear to God, this is a thing. And, you know, people will always be upset about it. Uh, I'll put it to you this way, though. I haven't learned a million lessons in startups, but I've learned a few. And 
I'm going to get hate for saying this, but you got to kind of be willing to upset a couple people and do something that's a little bit off the cuff to benefit yourself a lot of the time. And mm. that's not to say you're really putting anybody through harm. You know that you're not doing anything. You're not saving any info. There's some discomfort. If you're really, really worried about it, a classic trick is you make the credit card validation form just say your payment was declined. There was an error and nothing else. And you don't even tell them. Or you go on the other end. Whenever I did it, I offered a coupon that people could use later on if they wanted to buy the product. Um, but it is a very, very sharp thing. It is a controversial thing to do without a doubt. So if you're not ready for a 20,000 upvote Reddit post uh, to ruin your entire life in startup, maybe what don't do it. What was the thesis of that like anti-post? It seems like such common advice within startup world. Like, hey, this is how you can validate your startup before you build it. Yeah, the common misunderstanding is they just stole my credit card info. And even with all the right messaging, you can't really convince a user that that is correct, which is why some people opt for the payment declined, page is broken, please email support or something. Because that way, people don't misunderstand and think that they've been scammed. But otherwise, yeah, people really, really commonly misunderstand that they've been scammed. Within so startups, we've heard of this all the also time. Also put that. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I thought this is not legal for legal purposes. None of what I've said is true. Uh, and I wasn't here, but yes. Uh, Miriam asks in the chat, when you're streaming live, are you showing your screen on your laptop? Um, are you showing the, the stream, everything that you're doing right now, like on your screen? Yeah. Yeah. Literally it's just a screen capture. I have two monitors. If there's something I need to hide, it goes on the other monitor, but I'm screen capturing one monitor. And so most of the time that's code, but just as well, it'll be, you know, uh, anything that I'm looking at. We'll look at my stats sometimes. We'll look at uh, Twitter. I, I go through this tool, Hype Fury, that I use to write a bunch of tweets and we'll write them together. Because I also, you know, consider myself a bit of a content creator now, obviously. So I even do some of the content stuff live and I'll, and I'll share that as well. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering how you deal with like API tokens and secrets and things like that. So you just I switch to a full or... cam for a second, <laughs> and then uh -huh. I copy the API key. Then I sw uh... close the tab and switch back. That's my that's oh. my normal trick. Yeah. Um, Janet asks, do you put the Twitch content into other content like YouTube, podcast, Twitter? I think we covered this a little bit already, but how mm -hmm. kind of back to the discoverability. What else do you do with your Twitch content besides just Twitch? So I don't repurpose a ton of my Twitch content because my Twitch content is more like the majority of my Twitch content is just me writing a whole ton of code and yelling and being mad at programming for being not great. But uh, I started doing a podcast because people enjoyed hearing me talk, which is interesting. Uh, so I started putting that on like Spotify and everything, and that's also on YouTube. And then I probably, I'm still kind of finding how I want to present myself on YouTube. I won't lie. It's only within the past couple months right now. It's mostly just the podcast, but I've also done like devlogs. So once a week or once every couple weeks, I'll record a, okay, here's updates on the startup. Here's everything that we did. Here's all the times I messed up. Here's all the stuff I struggled through. Um, you know, trying to really kind of embrace the the building in public side of it. Uh, YouTube stuff, though, 
I'm still trying to figure out what people actually want to see. And as well, I live in Thailand. So a lot of the demands I get, I like go outside and just record nature. And I'm like, I do programming. And they're like, show us nature. Uh, and I, you know, that's not exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's also tough because I constantly have to juggle being a creator versus being a startup person. And I try very hard to make it where I want to kind of be more successful first to be truthful before I go spewing a bunch of crap. So right now I pretty much just talk about stuff that I've struggled with and you know, the, the, the journey so far. Uh, and that's probably 99% of it. Uh, there's not a ton on my YouTube, but anyone's welcome to check me out. It's the, it's the same name. Uh, my stream is rocks.works, just rox.works spelled properly. And the YouTube is youtube.rocks.works. Um, yeah, I'm working on it. Give me feedback, please, because that's still that's still a new thing. Uh, I've gotten good enough at Twitch, but YouTube is YouTube is interesting. Do you have like an on-the-go streaming setup for nature requests? <laughs> My phone. Uh, I'm looking at buying a GoPro, but it's like four or five hundred dollars, which is my rent here. Uh, so if I end up getting a GoPro, then yes. Until then, I've only been in Thailand a couple months, so I'm still sort of finding out what I want to do here. And I only go on adventures maybe once a week or so. Uh, but mm. yeah, trying to build up like Instagram and such with like more of daily updates and like pictures of things or a video I take on my phone here and there of, you know, stray dogs just hanging out at the beach or anything. That's that's what I've got going right now. But yeah, they do have streamer backpacks. They just cost like three grand. And yeah, I don't have three grand. So I'm not, uh, I'm not investing in that for the, uh, uh, 97 views I would get on the video mm -hmm. of here's me walking around. What's in a streamer backpack? Oh, dude, I don't even know. It's like four tethered 4g hotspots combined with like, I think a laptop and like a cable onto a camera that goes on your shoulder on the backpack it's the absolute most ridiculous thing you can google gun run uh if you want to see the default uh i think it's literally gunrun.tv is the website and it's just this ridiculous bajillion dollars backpack and it's not even like a common thing you can do it's like if you want to build one the parts are a crap ton or if you want to buy one three grand and this guy will build it for you it's not like a not like a product that sits on a shelf it's like mm -hmm. a one-off build type thing it's still still a very new concept shout out to paul for posting all these links in the chat um oh, bogdan you, asks you, why do you think there aren't that many people building startups on twitch i can give a lot of answers to this um i make it sound very straightforward and and obvious and trivial to to stream what you do but at the end of the day you're now constantly having a conversation with a whole lot of people and everybody's seeing all of your code everybody's seeing all of you your life is pretty you know open whether or not you want it to be and you know building public on twitter is one thing you write a couple tweets say like hey here's what i struggle with today you can be a lot more selective um but twitch is really tough and you have the need to be entertaining, which doesn't really happen on Twitter, right? Like, it's okay if you're not mm -hmm. 
you know, every tweet doesn't have to be a banger. You know, it doesn't have to always be like, here's the 174 things I learned this week about startups. Uh, but when you're on Twitch, you know, it's a constant, like there's a saying on Twitch, if you're quiet for 10 seconds, people leave. Mm. That is not an easy thing for the large majority of people. I think it's really intimidating, you know, even just streaming. A lot of people aren't even comfortable recording a YouTube video. Being recorded is is a very tough thing to be confident in. So first you have to be comfortable with being recorded. Then you have to be comfortable with being recorded live. Then you have to be comfortable with constantly entertaining while also getting things done and figuring out a way to mesh those two things and have a conversation. So it's kind of a lot. Honestly, I don't even think I'm that good at it, uh, but I try. And there's enough people that seem to be moderately interested in what I do uh, that it's been you know, a really nice thing for me and brought me a lot of, uh, a, a lot of wins in the personal life and a lot of joy. So that's why I do it. But I totally understand why a lot of people wouldn't because a lot of people just wouldn't stream on Twitch in general. A lot of people just wouldn't stream. All right. Final question before we jump to networking. What should a brand new startup streamer do to, to get views? What would you be your advice to like you starting today? Yeah, network in the science and technology category. Go find a bunch of streamers at 10 viewers and a few streamers close to 100 uh, and be friends. And seriously, like be friends. Show up for their streams, be a part of it, care about what they do, join their discords, and then stream. And eventually people will show up. You know, like one of my one of my good friends, Bash, she that's how she started. And she blew up because she's a, she happens to be an amazing streamer, an amazing entertainer. Uh, and she jumped to like 100, 200 viewers within like a few months. Unreal numbers. Unreal. But the way she started was she just showed up in everybody's streams. And she was just hanging out and a member of the community. And a few months later, she started streaming. And she started off with like 8, 10, 20 viewers, which is already above like 95% of Twitch. 95% of Twitch is sitting at zero. So if you put yourself in a scenario where you'll start with a few, you're going to be way, way, way better off. And those few people who care about you will let other people know when you're live and they'll bring in a couple raids here and there. And then it kind of becomes organic. Again, caveat, this is all only true for science and technology. I can't speak on if you're playing Among Us. All right, Dan, uh, we're going to jump over to networking. I would love if you want to stick around. It's basically like a one-on-one -on -one pairing thing. So you meet people one-on-one. -on -one who are in the event. Um, so, and then, yeah, of course, follow Dan on his Twitch and on his uh, Twitter. Paul has been sharing the links for that. So just scroll up and you'll see him. Um, it's pretty entertaining. So recommend. <laughs> yeah, I'll hang around. <laughs>